What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we'll jump right into it. Just a couple quick notes to discuss today. So we have talked a bit about how a lot of teams are interested in Matt Olson, and he could be a trade candidate to watch. Whenever transactions are permitted to take place again, he's he's going to be among the most prominent names on the trade market. He has been already linked to the Yankees, Rangers, and Braves, among others. But now we're hearing that the Padres figure to be in the mix for Olsen as well. And the Padres president of baseball operations, A.J. Preller, has already at least touched base with the A's front office as part of a just a broader talk right now. And the Padres kind of seem like a long shot to actually pull off a deal right now. I would say a team like the Yankees seem way more equipped, way better equipped. Because, okay, I say the Yankees, Rangers, or Braves. Rangers could do it, but, you know, that would probably mean trading away some players that could really help them in the near future because they're not quite done with the rebuild. That would trade, like, you know, an Isaiah kind of Falafa or Josh Jung or something like that in the near future. The Braves would only do this if they don't re-sign Freddie Freeman. I think everyone believes Freddie Freeman is going to re-sign with the Braves. So that kind of leaves the Yankees there. But the, as far as the Padres, you know, they seem like a long shot because they already have Eric Hosmer at first base, and he's signed for another four seasons at a total of $59 million. And they've reportedly pursued various trade scenarios involving Hosmer in an attempt to create payroll flexibility and reduce their luxury tax bill. But those efforts have come up short pretty unsurprisingly. And that's because of how much money he's owed. So, I mean, Hosmer had an eight-year, $144 million deal with the Padres. And it was, you know, it was yeah, pretty mediocre, honestly. His production during this deal. Um, he has a 99-weighted runs created plus with the Padres since he signed. And he just hasn't made the final four years of the contract any more appealing even though we should know that the contract is front-loaded. It is front-loaded. He's going to make 20 like the rest of it. Um, it's, it's going to make $20 million this year and then $13 million annually from 2023 to 2025. So he's already got most of his money, but still, he has a lot of money on the books. And it's a foregone conclusion that there will be a universal DH. It's not official, but everyone believes that's coming. So... You could imagine a scenario where Hosmer spends more time at DH and Olsen plays first base. However, that would still move the Padres' payroll up by a good margin because Olsen is projected to earn $12 million this coming year before getting one more raise in his final arbitration season in 2023. So the Padres already have about $199 million on the books for 2022 in addition to about $250 million worth of luxury tax obligation. So, yeah, they're spending a lot of money. And quite frankly, if you're a team that... See, luxury tax is, is in a lot of fans' opinion, it, it shouldn't be a big deal. Because you're, if you're a team that's trying to win, that's just the cost of doing business. But obviously, no business spends more money than it needs to. At least they, they, they don't believe... A lot of owners in baseball believe they don't need to spend more money to turn a profit because quite frankly they are first and foremost interested about their profit and then winning comes second and that's one of the reasons why there's a lockout right now because owners have figured out under the current rules that they can be profitable without winning that's probably going to change 
to some extent. But, I mean, we'll see exactly what comes out of those negotiations. So, yeah, the Padres would need to move Hosmer and or Will Myers, who's also owed quite a bit of money. Um, Myers is owed $21 million in the final season of his contract. Maybe they'll find a way to shed one or both of those salaries, but if they do, then they'll have the breathing room to make a potential Olsen acquisition more feasible, but time would have to be on the Padres' side, which is not the case. I mean, we already know that the post-lockout transactions are going to be wild. They're going to be trades flying, free agents signing everywhere really quickly, and that doesn't figure to be easy for the Padres. You know, finding a trade involving Hosmer or Meyer is going to be tough. That's going to be tough because, I mean, they've already been investing trades, investigating trades for those two players for at least the past year. So, and longer than that with regards to Will Myers. They've been trying to trade him for years, and they haven't been able to. So, the, the, the likelihood of them being able to trade him within just a few weeks, which is what they'll probably have, I doubt it. I highly doubt it. So, just reporting that the Padres are interested, but the reality is that it's going to be unlikely for him to go to San Diego. Another team that is hearing some trade rumors, the Cardinals are interested in Colin Moran. So they have some interest in free agent first baseman. Moran, he's he's 29, and he hit the open market just before the lockout after the Pirates designated him for assignment in late November after they re-signed Yoshi Susugo. That was basically like a non-tender. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, Moran was projected to land $4 million through arbitration, but they decided, the Pirates decided, yeah, we're not going to pay that. We'll just non-tender him. And now it seems unlikely he'll land that much money in free agency. And that's particularly true in a post-lockout environment that might be unkind to guys like Colin Moran. You know, it's widely expected there will be a bunch of transactions and teams have a tight window to sort out the roster before the start of the regular season but a guy like Colin Moran is not going to be a priority you know a guy who was non-tender teams are going to go right to the top try to get the top players right away and and get that over with before they were you know secure needs on the roster with good players not say that Moran's not a good player but with you know with top level players before they signed elsewhere a bit of an arms race of sorts but Moran played almost exclusively first base last season. The Cardinals obviously have Paul Goldschmidt locked in there. But, you know, if they if there is a designated hit in the National League, then, you know, you see more options open up for Colin Moran. So even most American League teams, as you see them now, they've preferred to rotate bat first regular players through DH just to serve as, you know, a semi-rest day rather than having an everyday DH that's just one player. So there are exceptions, obviously, like Nelly Cruz, Shohei Otani, but you know, someone like Colin Moran could cycle through a DH spot and, and, the D, and the first base to get his playing time alongside Paul Goldschmidt. But, yeah, th this is just coming because it's likely that there will be a a universal DH. If there was a universal DH, the Cardinals' mix of players for that is understandably unsettled. They have young, really young players in the running for that. Lars Nootbaar, Juan Yepes, and perhaps even top prospect Nolan Gorman. These guys, 
are set to factor into the mix. And maybe they just want more experience there. So, yeah. So that is the news coming out of St. Louis. But we have a couple teams that are, you know, making some waves in the in the trade trade rumor space. But we'll have those updates for you. You know, the negotiations continue to move ahead. And we'll see if that gets settled. But that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.